Bavakama, Perik Zayin, Mishnah Beis 7-2, and now the Mishnah will enumerate a variety of different cases in which one is indeed liable to pay the four or five payments. Um, each of them, of the cases in the Mishnah, will, you know, be in some level a Chiddush or coming to, you know, address some kind of nuanced issue. Uh, the first case is talking about uh, the edus, the testimony, which obligates one to pay. So there's a basic principle um, that although you have to establish a halachic fact in a bezdin based on alpi shnei edim yakum davar, based on the testimony of two witnesses, you'll establish the fact. Um, and therefore, it's, it's understood that it's a pair of witnesses, a single pair that much establish the entire halachic fact. You can't like cobble um, pairs of Adam together to, to make the whole picture. So they have to, a single pair has to testify on the whole issue. The question then becomes, is the whole issue both the theft as well as the sale or slaughter of the animal? Or are those two separate issues? Is it sufficient to have one pair of witnesses that confirm that the thief stole the animal and a second pair of witnesses testify regarding the sale or slaughter of that animal? And the answer is the latter. These are really two separate halachic phenomena, and therefore um, you can have a pair of witnesses for each of those two stages. That's what the Mishnah says inside. It says, Ganav al if the thief is confirmed to have stolen based on the testimony of one pair of two witnesses, Vetavachu machar al and then you have the very same witnesses who testify that the thief also either slaughtered or sold the animal that he stole, O al or alternatively, if there were two different sets of witnesses. The first confirmed that he stole, and the second pair of witnesses uh, confirmed that he slaughtered or sold the animal. In both those cases, Mishalem Tashlumi Arba Vachamisha, the thief will have to pay the four or five payments because these are two separate issues and we can have two separate pairs of witnesses for each of them. Now, Ganav Umachar B'Shabbos, if one stole and then an animal on Shabbos and then he sold it to somebody else on Shabbos. So, the din will be that he is liable to pay the four or five. What's missing here is v'tavach. If alternatively, if a person had um, uh, s- stolen and then slaughtered the animal on Shabbos, he wouldn't pay the four or five payment because when one slaughters on Shabbos, he's over the iser da'araisa of shochet, of slaughtering, um, and therefore we've come into the area of what's called kimle b'darabmine, which we've seen prior in the Masechet already, which is when you have a capital case involved, like breaking Shabbos, which carries a capital penalty. So then, even if the person wouldn't receive like execution at the end of the bezdin, still, since it's a capital crime, we no longer impose a monetary penalty. So as we'll see um, in Mishnah Dalid, um, it could be that a person would be liable for the first, the kathal payments, because that happened um, on Shabbos, which wasn't a violation of Shabbos. But the second step, if he would have slaughtered the animal, that is a capital crime, and therefore because of Kimle B'Darabmine, he won't pay the extra three. Okay, as far as selling on Shabbos, it is forbidden to sell things on Shabbos, but that's just a dinder abanan, um, and therefore that would not um, get us into Kimli Dirabmini. So in all those cases, says the says oh, more, says the Mishnah, Ganavumacha Lavorazara. If one stole the animal and then he sold it to a Jew who was going to, let's say a Jew, who was going to um, use it to, as a, a sacrifice to an idol. So he'll be liable, the thief will be liable, because although it's forbidden to sell animals um, to people who are going to use them as sacrifice to Vodazara. Um, that is only an Isser of Lifne Iver. It is an Isser Doraisa, um, but not one that carries a capital punishment, and therefore um, he'll be liable for the four or five payments. Um, again, in contrast to if he actually would have slaughtered the animal to Vodazara, that would be a capital crime, as is the case with all 
serving of idols, and then he would be exempt from the four or five. Next is the Mishnah, Gama v'tavach Kippurim. If he stole it and then he slaughtered it, and certainly if he sold it on Yom Kippur, he actually would be liable. The reason why is because although Yom Kippur is called the Shabbos Shabbason, the penalty for doing Malacha on Yom Kippur, we paskin um, if one does it and there is no Edom uh, and Hasra, no witnesses and warning, the penalty is not, um, is kares. And uh, the truth is, even if there, yeah, is a penalty is kares. And if there would be uh, witnesses um, and, uh, and warning, actually the penalty would be malchus, lashes. So if a person is getting, quote unquote, just kares, that's not considered to be a capital crime, according to Artana and Allah, and therefore he would be liable not to pay four or five. If there actually had been witnesses who warned him, don't, you know, go slow to the animal in Yom Kippur, or they'll give you malchus. And if he went and said, I don't care, I'm doing it anyways, they actually would give him malchus, lashes. But if he receives lashes, the rule is once one gets lashes, then he is exempt from a financial payment. So the truth is, if he would have actually had the warning and gotten the lashes, that would have also got him off the hook of paying the four or five. Okay, Ganav Mishil Aviv, if one stole from his father, and then Vitavachu Machar, and then he either slaughtered the animal he stole from his father, or he sold it, Vachakach, and then after the sale or slaughter, Mes Aviv, his father then dies, uh, he'll be liable to pay four or five. There's no great Chiddush over here. He'd pay four or five to the estate, and then maybe he'll inherit some of that money, but so what? Um, the Chiddush will be, we'll see in Mishnah Dalad, if the father uh, dies prior to the sale or slaughter of the animal. We'll see that there. Ganav Tavach, if a person stole an animal, and then he slaughtered it, and then Vachakach Hikdish, and then he consecrated the meat of the dead animal as a gift to the base of Mikdash. So then again, Mishalam Tashlumi Arba Vachamisha, on that also he'd be liable to pay the four or five, because when he um, both stole, stole and then slaughtered it, it was um, privately owned, and privately owned properties were subject to the four or five payment, as we'll see in Mishnah Dalad, um, once you have it um, being owned by the base of Mikdash is Hektish, so then one will be exempt from the payments. We'll see that more in Mishnah Dalad, the base of that. Now, um, the next part of the Mishnah, like a new paragraph, if you will, is that when we talk about being Tavach, slaughtering it for Shechita, we mean it has to be shechted, um in a way that um, is, a, is a kosher Shechita. So the question is, what happens if you're Shechting in a way that would be like, you know, a kosher Shechita for the animal, kosher slaughtering, but the intention wasn't to eat it. So then you might have thought one isn't liable for the four or five payment, but the answer is wrong. You are still liable because shechita is shechita. So therefore the Mishnah says, Ganav v'tavach, if one stole and then slaughtered it, the rafua. The purpose of slaughtering the animal was for the sake of rafua. He wanted to hypothetically get the blood from the animal to, I don't know, soak his feet in or something like that. The point is not to eat the animal. Olaklavim, or he slaughtered it, but not for his personal consumption, not for human consumption, but rather for the feeding it out to his dogs, so then it's not going to be eaten by people, but, but it doesn't matter, still he'd be liable. Furthermore, even if one shecht the animal and it turned out that it was not um, fit for human consumption halachically because it was a trefa, meaning the animal had some kind of defect, which would mean it would die in the next 12 months, like say a hole in its heart or its lungs or something, so then um, no one's going to be able to eat it, but it doesn't matter, says the mission, you'd be liable for four or five. And similarly, if one shechted the animal, um, in the Azara, the, the quarter of the Beis HaMikdash. So that's a no-no, and the, that which is shechted in the Chulun, which is shechted in the Azara, may not be eaten, so therefore no one's going to be eating it, but uh, it's still one would still be liable for uh, the four or five payments. On this last point, there is like a technical side point, uh, which is 
that if you slaughter a chul in the, in the azara, it actually becomes asr bahana, forbidden for moral benefit. And that being the case, um, it wouldn't be considered to be his halakhli. Therefore, when he slaughters it, it actually would be um, exempt from the four or five payment for technical reasons. Um, so therefore, the case of the Mishnah has to be where the slaughter began outside of the azara and was completed inside the azara. And in the case, you could kind of, you know, find this um, clever way of it being yours enough to be now make you liable for slaughtering it, even though it's forbidden to be eaten, because it's considered to be an animal that was slaughtered in the Azara. Now, on these last two points, um, Rabbi Shimon's going to argue. Rabbi Shimon says he he agrees in principle that it has to be shechita, quote-unquote, kosher shechita, kosher slaughtering. But the thing is like this. Artanakama holds that the definition of shechita is kind of mechanical. It is, let's say, you know, to sever the majority of the two simanim, the food pipe and the windpipe of the animal. That's what makes a kosher shechita. It's just you have to do the mechanical act. Whereas Rabbi Shimon says, no, shechita is actually kind of defined at its essence um, as functionally, meaning the point is shechita is a matir. It allows you to eat this meat um, of this animal. So it makes it, what shechita does, it transforms an animal which can't be eaten, like a trefa or an abela, really, a nevela waiting to happen, to becoming a kosher edible animal. So says Rabbi Shimon, if the act of shechita doesn't allow the animal to be eaten, it's not called shechita, it's just called slaughtering. And that being the case, says Rabbi Shimon, in these last two cases, um, Rabbi Shimon poter b'shneelu. Rabbi Shimon says for these last two cases, no, you're exempt from paying four or five. The last two cases being the case of the trefa and the case of the of the um, chul and the azara. Because in both those cases, even if you shecht it halachli properly, you still can't eat it because it's a trefa or it's been shechted in the, in the azara, and therefore it's not called shechita. Just called having been ritually, I don't know what, slaughtered, but not doesn't meet the definition, which is to be obligate you to pay the four or five. And the halacha, however, is not like Rabbi Shimon; it's like Tanakam, and therefore, in all these cases uh, that the Mishnah enumerated, one in fact would be liable to pay the four or five payment.